do people care about the facts once they've seen the sensational presentation uh, of a trial such as uh, the Simpson trial? It's very difficult to change people's perception. I'll tell you a story about uh, a judge in Arizona who at one time was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, he had retired when I met him. He spoke to a conference of court information officers and he was talking about uh, NBC, I believe was the network, wanting to do a story on jurors and a jury, wanted to follow a jury from selection all the way through deliberations. Deliberations are done in private. They're confidential. No one sits in on jury deliberations. So this judge, I think, really wanted to allow this to happen. But he said, I would make sure that the judge was not a Lance Ito. And um, I was surprised to hear him say that, uh, not because Judge Ito didn't um, have a public image at that point of not having handled that trial well, but that a judge, number one, would have that perception when the judge had never been in the courtroom, had never read the transcript, had never talked to the presiding judge in that case, Lancito. His total perception was formed by what he saw on television and what he read in print. Um, so I asked him after the, uh, his remarks, we had a break, and I asked him um, why he said that. And he said, well, because, you know, he just completely lost control. And I asked how he uh, formed his opinion on that. Well, it was on TV. You could see it right there. <laughs> um, and I asked him specific questions about in what way uh, he thought Judge Ito had lost control or did not manage the trial well. Um, he pointed out a couple of examples. Uh, the, uh, the lawyers grandstanding, for instance, on the steps of the courthouse pontificating to the news media, uh, either after court was over or during um, lunch recesses uh, about their case and so forth. And I said, what would you have done? And he said, I would have had those lawyers in my chambers so fast their heads would have spun. And I said, well, Judge Ito did. And he said, really? And he says, well, I tell you, I would have fined them. I would have sanctioned them. And I said, Judge Ito did. In fact, the Simpson trial, the criminal trial, was the most heavily fined trial in, uh, re with regard to the lawyers of any in the state's history up to that point. Oh, well, I didn't know that. And so many of the things that he pointed out, I said, well, Judge Ito did that. Um, and he said, oh, well, I didn't know that. And it turned out that all he knew was what he saw on television. It was not what uh, the facts were. And afterwards, after our conversation, he says, well, I still think he did a bad job. I mean, he, he just was not going to ex, uh, accept anything other than what he saw on TV as being fact. And I thought, well, if someone who was a Supreme Court justice in a state uh, can't be convinced, I guess <laughs> nobody can. Uh, I, I have had an awful lot of people say to me after reading the book, 
that they were they were surprised. It gave them a different view of things. It gave them a more favorable impression of Judge Ito. But uh, I, universally, there's no way to change that uh, public image that he now uh, labors under. And I say he labors under. If I may, I would like to say a couple of words about how Judge Ito has responded to um, all of the, the criticism and the public uh, reaction to him presiding over that trial. First, he never gave any um, public interviews after the trial was over. Uh, he unfortunately did do an interview very early in the proceedings. It was before jury selection had even begun. And the, the interview was to focus on uh, the, an exhibit at the Japanese um, Historical Museum in Los Angeles. And the exhibit was uh, the recreation of uh, Heart Mountain, Wyoming, uh, Japanese internment camp during World War II. And um, Judge Ito's, the people who became Judge Ito's parents met there. They were both interned in that camp, and he uh, had very strong feelings about the treatment of people with of Japanese heritage uh, during um, World War II. So he was really torn about whether or not he should. He was asked to do a uh, an interview uh, by a um, CBS affiliate uh, news reporter, and he asked me <laughs> my opinion, and I said, "Don't do it." No matter what you say, no matter what you do, uh, you lose control once uh, the interview is over and you have no idea how it will be used. And uh, his good intentions, unfortunately, overcame my advice. <laughs> he, he has always said that that was the biggest mistake he's made in that trial, was not listening to me and about that. Um, but he did do the interview, and yes, it was construed. He was uh, criticized. He was ridiculed. Uh, the, the interview was not supposed to touch on the um, trial and, or the case in any way. And uh, they, 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 the editors were just really creative, you know, and they did make it a very entertaining thing, and they stretched it over six days. They made it a six-part series, which was... It, and he put up a lot of conditions that a one-time uh, interview was to air late night and, uh, at the 11 o'clock broadcast uh, and not repeated, and, and they violated everything. <laughs> so, um, uh, but after, I think he, he really did learn from that, and after the trial, he did not give any interviews to anyone. He did not speak publicly anywhere. He did not write a book. He did not capitalize in any way on the trial. Everybody else I know of involved in that trial at least wrote a book, and some made a lot of money. Uh, others did not. Um, uh, he just wanted to continue doing what he thought was his mission in life, and that was to be a judge and to uh, um, be as fair and as good a judge as he, as he could. Um, Many people, very few people know this, that he continued to allow cameras in his courtroom after all other judges practically in the state uh, would not allow cameras in their courtrooms after that trial. Um, and, but he did. He thought they had a right to be there.